Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's Friday. It's July 21st. It's a Friday spread brought to you by Vaughn Hansen's Meats and Spirits as well. We'll get into the weekend specials in just a minute. Your calls today at 1115 if you'd like to join in this hour. 602-260-1060 is the number. Let's reset the poll questions here to start this hour number two. Uh, Pac-12 media days are ongoing. Bob, you have a a bit of an update as uh, the U of A just finished at the podium. They did, and Jaden Delora, who's going through uh, some kind of legal situation and uh, has been for a few months apparently, he's actually there, uh, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, you know, Jed Fish uh, read a statement before, which I didn't you know, I just saw him reading a statement at a podium, which is a little unusual the way that this has gone so far. It's been basically a coach, uh, the coaches coming up and sitting next to, uh, you know, Yogi, Yogi Roth and, uh, and Ashley Adamson from Pac-12 Network and just answering questions for them. And then they opened it up to the to the media, the assembled media in the gallery there. But uh, for the U of age, Fish read a statement. Then he did sit down for a few minutes, and there's some kind of time limit going on here. I think it's like 15 minutes, and then they kind of whisk him off the stage. And they, they brought in Delora. Uh, he read a statement, which I heard a little bit of. I kind of got in the middle. You know, I didn't realize, or you know, we were still on the air in the la- the, uh, my last segment of the last hour there. Uh, you know, re- explaining his situation, and then uh, Ashley Adamson immediately said that he would not be answering any questions regarding his legal situation. I'm paraphrasing what she said, but so that was that. So that's kind of where we're at as far as uh, the Pac-12 Media Day right now goes. And uh, as far as uh, the U of A picked eighth in the uh, by the preseason in the preseason by the uh, Pac-12 Media, which is two spots better than where ASU was picked. Here is the question for the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins the Pac-12 in 2023? The options, USC, Utah, and Washington. USC now back in front at 53% of the vote. Uh, Then you have Washington at 37% and Utah trailing at 11% of the vote. Yeah, two-time defending champion Utah uh, trailing the field here. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, you know, you know, Washington was the darling of the uh, Pac-12 last year. They were certainly the surprise of the Pac-12. You know, and Michael Penix Jr., who is unfortunately for him, was often injured in his career at uh, the Indiana University. He had one tremendous season with the COVID season, in which the the schedule was much easier for IU that year. Uh, but uh, you know, they he had a really good season there. And uh, he made it through that season, but it was a shortened season. But he's not made it through any other college football season healthy until last year. And he was at Washington. They had a really good season. They also did not play Utah or USC. 
This year they play at USC and Utah uh, at home in consecutive weeks to begin November. So it's going to be much tougher for them. Obviously, USC has Caleb Williams, the returning Heisman Trophy winner. But it'd be nice if they could stop somebody on defense occasionally without uh, – they were great at turnover margin. That's about the only way they ever stopped anybody on defense last year. Uh, we will answer that question at 1130. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Cole Thompson, Longhorns Country, joined Bob in the Sports Zone, chatting all things Texas. If you missed it, podcast KDUS1060.com, as well as with the KDUS 1060 app. But here's the question. Is Texas really back this time? And no, remains out in front at 100% of the vote. I thought there might be a little pushback by now. Um, yeah, I went through all, a lot of numbers and you know, with Cole and uh, before we had Cole on and, and also at the top of the last hour, uh, which are not complimentary, but I think a lot of people don't realize that Texas hasn't even won the Big 12 uh, since uh, 2009. And uh, they went to the uh, national, the, it was the BCS back in those days, uh, the BCS championship game and Played uh, USC, uh, US, you know, played Alabama, excuse me, played Alabama. And uh, that's the game that Colt McCoy got actually hurt in the first half of that game. And Texas did make a brief comeback in the second half of that game, but they lost that game to Alabama. But even since then, Texas has only had one double-digit win season since 2009. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The weekend special certified Angus beef choice tri-tip roast at $12.99 a pound. Prime pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound. Fresh, natural, boneless, skinless chicken breast plain only at $4.99 a pound. Visit them 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. While you're there, pick up some craft beer, wine, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. Von Hansen's Meats.net. The $100 gift certificate coming up a little bit later on in the program. But let's get into it here. Texas football. Obviously, the large conversation has been around Arch Manning going to Texas, but it's going to be Quinn Ewers. He's won the job. We know about Quinn's commitment originally to Ohio State, then transferred to Texas. We also know Quinn last season, 58.1% completion percentage, 2,177 yards, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. He missed most of September after getting hurt in that Alabama game. And obviously, on on offense, there are some explosive weapons he has to throw to, but then of course filling in uh, Bijan Robinson's shoes will be Cedric Baxter, and he'll uh, he had some reps in spring, and we'll see how that offense rolls now. Yeah, and it's not just going to be Baxter; they've got several guys that are vying for running back reps. Also, they lost uh, Johnson, uh, who was their backup running back, who was very good. He's with the Bears now, and a lot of people think he's going to get plenty of uh, reps and carries for the Bears this season in his rookie year so it's not just the Robinson and you know, Robinson over 1600 yards rushing last year and 18 rushing touchdowns in addition to all his skills uh, as a receiver uh, but they've got uh, interesting guys on offense yeah I don't th- I think it's pretty apparent this is the second time I've heard uh, this week uh, Bill Bender mentioned this on Monday and also Cole mentioned in the last hour, and Cole, of course, covers Texas on a daily basis, that it looks like that Arch Manning's not even the backup quarterback at this point. Uh, yeah, Murphy has been in that program for a while. Uh, and uh, if, uh, if something or something happens physically to Ewers or he's just not very good, uh, it appears that Murphy's going to be the quarterback uh, that comes in and gets the first shot this year for Texas.
For Texas's defense, it improved from 2021. Texas ranked 99th in points allowed. In 2022, ranked 27th. Also, yards per play on defense ranked 102nd in 2021 and now 18th in 2022. The defense did lose some key players, but they'll still have edge Baron Sorrell and linebacker Jalen Ford. They were still awful defending the pass last year. They were 90th in the country last year defending the pass. They brought in two transfer defensive backs who they think will be impacts, uh, so they should be better on defense. Uh, I don't know how much better they're going to be on defense. I would assume if they have a successful season, uh, that will be determined whether they can stop people. They have an interesting schedule. Obviously, week two is at Alabama. Then they have the OU game in Dallas. Of course, that's the first week of October every year. Uh, and then they, uh, I think they have a, they have a, a tricky two weeks. Not even tricky. A difficult two week stretch to start November, hosting Kansas State. And I believe Kansas State is the best team in this conference. Uh, and TCU, they play at TCU. I think they're going to be down some. Obviously, they lost. You know, TCU lost eight guys to the NFL draft. They just were drafted last year, and there's a whole bunch of other guys that were free agent pickups that weren't drafted. I think that's just a, an enormous drop-off. And as, uh, as well as TCU has recruited under Dykes since he's been there for a little more than a calendar year, I don't think they can recoup that in uh, what they lost in, a, in less than a year. Uh, to win the national title for Texas, odds 25 to 1 over 9.5 wins, minus 134, under 9.5 wins, plus 110. Oklahoma football, uh, it's the second year of Brent Venables. The defense and the defensive line needed a big upgrade from 2022, whether it was stopping the run or getting a pass rush. Uh, there's no quarterback battle here, though, as it's Dylan Gabriel. Some highs and lows from him last season. Last season, 62.7% completion percentage, 3,168 yards, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. He was sacked 25 times. He also rushed for 315 yards. As for Oklahoma football, they were 3-6 and six in the conference last year and 6-7 and seven over and also in addition to those stats for Gabriel he had more than one game where he had to leave because of injury and uh, he's had some injury issues he was at Central Florida before he transferred to OU of course he's replacing uh, you know Devin Williams uh, when he transferred to OU last year left-hander that's nothing against that just pointing out he's left-handed uh, and he's a uh, he's he, he's I understand the fascination he needs to stay on the field and be more consistent as a passer. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, a lot of heat on Venables. I mean, he inherited a program that had been to the Big 12 championship game almost seemingly every year for a decade. And uh, he shows up and they win three games. So they're going to have to be a whole lot better. And he's going to have to be better. And, you know, the level of talent, I think, has gotten somewhat better, but I don't know how much you could bit, uh, how much better it's going to be from last year, quite frankly. Over nine and a half wins, minus 104. Under nine and a half wins, minus that one. That seems crazy to me. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't bet too many uh, totals in college football. This is one that I'm strongly considering. Uh, the under, I imagine. That's correct. Yes. Uh, TCU football here. You touched on it a little bit here, but obviously TCU football lost Max Duggan. They lost Quentin Johnston. Uh, the attention turns to Chandler Morris at quarterback. Also, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator in Kendall Bryles as Garrett Riley left for Clemson. Uh, you know, 
Sunny Dykes, it's great when you come in in year one and you put your 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 stamp on a program, but maybe you've now set some expectations being really high because TCU did lose a lot and they were, I, I think, at least my perception of it, really maxed out at every position in, in every possible way last season. I think the one thing that's really completely forgotten all this from last year at TCU is that yeah, Morris was actually the starting quarterback to begin the season. Yeah, you know, he he won the job. Uh, he got hurt, unfortunately, for uh, yeah, at least at the time. Uh, unfortunately, uh, certainly unfortunate for him. Uh, at the the first game they played last year at Colorado, uh, he was injured, and then he uh, I don't even know if he came back and played all that uh, during the season. But obviously, Duggan took over. But uh, he was the he actually beat out Duggan before the season started. So uh, just something to consider. They have, uh, in addition to the, you know, the, the, the major losses that they've suffered, they have, uh, I, think, uh, I think they have the most difficult schedule as opposed to the so-called contenders here. They have to play at Kansas State. They play at Oklahoma. They do get Texas at home, so we'll uh, see how that goes. But uh, yeah, those are, to me, I don't think there's, quite frankly, I don't think this is a very deep conference this year. Then I think there's, uh, to me, there's only you know, two teams really that can win the conference championship, and that's Texas and Kansas State, who I assume we're getting to next. Uh, over seven and a half wins, minus 144. Under seven and a half wins, plus 118. Yes, Kansas State football here. Will Howard time at quarterback. Last year, 59.8% completion, 1,633 yards, one, uh, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. Questions? For K-State, filling the shoes at running back with Deuce Vaughn, going to the NFL, bringing in Florida State running back Trayson Ward. Yeah, I think the biggest two things for Kansas State, uh, obviously the quarterback situation, you know, you know, you know Howard, and you know, he was in and out of that lineup a couple times last year. They played much better when he was in there. He's back. But the most important thing, I think, for Kansas State as far as personnel goes is that they have, I think, possibly the best offensive line in college football. Not just the Big 12, but the entire world of college football. They have like seven or eight guys that have started multiple games in their career. They return technically all five starters from last year. And uh, I think that's where they start. They also have a superior coach. I think you can make a case that, uh, you know, really they have the best coaching staff. I'm just going to throw that in there. Uh, but you know, Kleinman's done a really good job since he came over, and uh, the staff itself, and they develop players. They don't; they're not in these top ten recruiting classes literally ever. Uh, but they're they get guys that fit their system, and they get better while they are there. What a concept that is! Whether it be you know anything, you you get players, but if they don't get any better while you're while you're actually coaching them, while you have them, what good does that do you? So we'll see. Also, remember, this conference now doesn't have it's not big, it's not the Big Twelve uh, technically. You know, they hasn't, hasn't been the Big Twelve since like 2008 or 2009 anyway. But they've had 10 teams. Now they have 14 teams this year with the expansion, and they don't play Oklahoma. Uh, just the way the schedule works this year, so they have the easiest schedule of any of the so-called contenders at the top, no matter how deep you want to go. Uh, they do play at Texas, but remember they don't play OU, and uh, so that's a big. Uh, they do play, and they play TCU at home, and that's kind of, yeah, midway through the season in October. So I think that's also to their advantage. 
Uh, yeah, definitely there with the offensive line. And I think that that's, you know, uh, we talk a lot about offensive lines in the NFL, how important it is. And, and we do have plenty of conversations about the development of offensive lines, et cetera. But I think there's a massive advantage in college football when you have that continuity and you have all five uh, starters returning to an offensive line that kind of really sets you uh, ahead of the rest of the class. It's kind of a technical term about them having five offensive starters returning because they had some guys that missed games last year because of injury. But that leads to the fact that they've got you know, eight guys that actually have started multiple games for them, uh, which you know, how many offensive lines, whether it be the NFL or college football, actually I'm not going to go through every team, uh, but of the teams that I've you know, kind of, you know, researched, uh, and so forth for college football. I don't know of any other team in college football that has that. And it's not just like they're, uh, you know, guys that are, you know, played before. They've been really good before. They did lose Deuce Vaughn, who was there forever, uh, got drafted by the Cowboys and might even get some reps with the Cowboys, especially if the Cowboys don't bring back Zeke or sign another running back at some point, because I can't imagine the Cowboys think that Pollard can survive and be the every down back in the 17-game regular season. But Deuce Vaughn's there, but he leaves Kansas State, and that's probably uh, the biggest question of who actually you – know, Deuce Vaughn was a really good college football player. I'm not sure how he translates to the NFL. He's obviously a small dude, uh, but uh, replacing him, I think, is the biggest question for Kansas State. Uh, over seven and a half wins, minus 180, under seven and a half wins. I'm, at, I'm all for the over here. At uh, plus uh, 146. So we'll throw that one out. Over seven and a half wins for right. K State. And I think they win the conference, which they won. People don't even remember. They won the conference last year. They beat TCU in the conference championship game to win the conference. So no divisions this year and 14 teams in the Big 12. There's more uh, teams for us to preview on the other side of the break. We'll get into that. Plus, if you'd like to chime in, feel free to do so. 602-260-1060 is the number. 602-260-1060. It's all happening here in the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. Eleven twenty-six, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS ten sixty dot com and with the KDOS ten sixty app powered by SuperBook Sports. Download the KDOS ten sixty app today. Register and follow along with your chance to win listener rewards. Right now, SuperBook Sports has put up a hundred dollar gift card. Uh, follow along with the directions to figure out how you can make yourself eligible for that one hundred dollar gift certificate. Let's continue our Big 12 preview conversation here with Texas Tech football. Uh, suddenly there's all this hype surrounding this team. There but is. Should <laughs> there be this much hype? 
Um, they won eight games last year for the first time since 2013. You had Tyree Wilson drafted by the Raiders at number seven, so he won't be part of the Red Raiders this season, although I guess he's sticking with the Raiders theme. Uh, the message from the head coach, Joey McGuire, is to stay humble and manage expectations. Tyler Shaw, once again, will be the starting quarterback. It's his sixth year. He's from Chandler. 59.9% completion percentage last year, 1,304 yards, seven touchdowns, and four interceptions. Now, Shook is an interesting quarterback. He's got to stay healthy. He's also had some injury issues. I'm really intrigued with this team. I think most people are intrigued with this team. Uh, you know, McGuire's done a really good job. He's a you know legendary, has a high school background as a coach in the state of Texas. He's done a really good job recruiting. They also have 18 super seniors on this roster. I think this is the last year we're going to hear the, hear the term super seniors because you know they still get some. Some guys have gotten an extra year of eligibility because of the COVID year. But uh, I don't know of a program in a, at least a, you know, the big four or five conferences that have 18 super seniors on their team this year. So I think that might make a difference. Also, the schedule is interesting. Uh, once again, the, this conference has 14 teams now. So you know, not everybody, it's not a round robin anymore. They don't play Oklahoma. Uh, they do play TCU at home in their final game of the season's at Texas, and they've beaten Texas a whole bunch of times in recent years, including last year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, they also have a, the week two they host Oregon, and uh, that could be uh, that's a game I'm going to pay attention to for a variety of reasons because first I'm a college football fan and that game interests me, but I'm not real sure about Oregon. And uh, I think Texas Tech might be pretty good. And uh, if they're going to be pretty good, they need to win that game in Lubbock. Bay, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, where are the over-under numbers? Over 7.5 wins at plus 118. Under 7.5 wins at minus 144. Baylor football. There was some regression last season for Baylor. from uh, Surprising. Their- yeah, it was. It took a lot yeah. of people by surprise. Uh, but yep. you have a returning quarterback here. He held on to his starting quarterback spot, which was Blake Shapin. Uh, how much of his inconsistency last season, though, was maybe due to a concussion that he suffered? Uh, they were aggressive in the transfer portal, trying to find some more offensive playmakers. And, of course, obviously just looking for that turnaround. Yeah, I'm not sure how good he is anyway. Uh, I think he's okay. They got to the conference championship game the year before. Uh, but last year was a big disappointment. Uh, they lost their last four games of the season, and it got pretty ugly in some of these games at the end of the year. So I think that they're an interesting team. Um, they have some guys back, uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think they're a bounce back as possible. Uh, to me, they're the biggest wild card team in this conference. Uh, we're going to have a pretty good idea, though, by the end of September if they're any good or not. They host Utah the second game of the season, and then their fourth game of the season they host Texas. Uh, so if they can get through that um, you know, unscathed or win you know, one of those games maybe, especially the Texas game because it's a conference game, yeah, maybe we should uh, then think, well, okay, Baylor is uh, better than we think and maybe as good as we thought they might be last year. 
Uh, over seven and a half wins at plus 152, under seven and a half wins at minus 188. Kansas football, Jalen Daniels is back. He's healthy for Kansas. Lance Leopold said of Daniels, I think he started to make a statement last year. I think historically what our offense has done, it's going to make it something that people want to try to slow him down, but we have to make sure that we take care of him and keep them healthy. They also have Devin Neal back at running back. He had 180 carries last year, 1,090 yards, and nine touchdowns yeah i don't think there's a team i made uh more winning picks on last year than kansas you know they started off four and zero uh then they uh actually excuse me they started off five and zero they won one game the rest of the season and part of that is that daniels was hurt also they got really lucky to win some of those early games and i kept going against them uh throughout the majority of the second half of the season and that proved to be a rather beneficial their defense was atrocious last season, even when they were winning games. But the last four games of the year last year, which they lost them all, they gave up 43, 51, 57, and 53 points. Uh, and I don't really see enough defensive significant improvement here. I think that they're near the bottom of the conference this year. Over six and a half wins is at plus 128. Under six and a half wins is at minus 158. We'll just quickly go through this here as the Big 12 welcomed in a couple of more teams this year. You have BYU there in the conference now. Over four and a half wins at minus 188. Under four and a half wins at plus 152. Houston joins the conference. Over four and a half wins at minus 134. Under four and a half wins at plus 110. And Cincinnati also welcoming in new head coach. Scott Satterfield over five and a half wins at plus 132 and under five and a half wins at minus 162. I think all those over under totals are reasonable and about where you would expect them to fall as far as the totals before the season starts. I will just kind of add one other quick thing here. I don't think there's been a team in college football in any conference in any level of college football to my knowledge, but certainly in uh, the major conferences that is downgraded more at the head coaching position than Cincinnati. They lose Luke, Luke Fickle and Satterfield. I thought he did a terrible job at Louisville, and he got hired at Cincinnati. It's time. The Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift certificate could be yours if you're caller three right now, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060, caller number three. The weekend specials for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits is the certified Angus Beef Choice Tri-Tip Roast at $12.99 a pound, prime pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound, and the fresh, natural, boneless, skinless chicken breast, plain only at $4.99 a pound. Visit our friends, 2390. North Alma School in Chandler. You can also see them online at vonhansensmeets.net. 602-260-1060. Caller 3 will be today's winner of the $100 gift certificate. But on the other side of the break, we get to the poll questions, the KDOS1060.com poll question, as well as the Twitter poll question at KDOSAM1060. It's all happening here in the Extra Point on this Friday, July 21st. turn those picks into gold wall-to-wall nfl coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m the rich eisen show here in kdus am 1060 and kdus1060.com
Congratulations to our Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift card winner. A reminder, the weekend special certified Angus beef choice tri-tip roast at $12.99 a pound, prime pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound, and fresh, natural, boneless, skinless chicken breast plain only at $4.99 a pound. You can visit them. Over at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Uh, that is vonhansensmeats.net. But it's now time yeah. to get... Dri- drives me crazy when you go through that thing, especially on a Friday in the last segment of our week. <laughs> I, need to, I need some food. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty hungry, too. And there's a lot of yeah. things that sound pretty darn good. Plus, yeah, I just absolutely. know all the different meats that I have had from Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits yeah. before. Uh, so I know just how delicious it all is. So, yeah. Quite a, quite a lineup we got going there today. Absolutely. Uh, but we will have two segments left to go here, and we'll get into the poll questions for you. We'll, we'll somehow manage to uh, control our hunger long enough to make it through. As for the KDOS 1060.com. <laughs> Poll question here. Who wins the Pac-12 in 2023? Your option. Whoa, goodness gracious. This has been a topsy-turvy event here for the masses. But the options are USC, Utah, and Washington. What say you, Bob? Uh, What I say, however I'm supposed to phrase that, is that uh, I would go with Utah amongst these three. I don't trust USC's defense. Uh, Washington, a far more difficult schedule this year not playing the big two last year of Utah or USC, and this year they get them in consecutive weeks. So I'm going to go with the two-time defending champions. However, I'm not interested in betting on this. What I am interested in betting on as far as the Pac-12 goes is I'm going to go for a longer shot, and I'm going to be searching for the best number I can find regarding Oregon State to win the Pac-12. Uh, when it comes to me here looking at this, I mean, it's hard not to like the Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams combination, but you pointed out there that the question is, will the defense take that next most important step forward that if they want to be true, true contenders, uh, that they have to shore that up. They did try to bring in some, some pieces in the transfer portal. Edge rusher Anthony Lucas, linebacker Mason Cobb should help, but how good is that USC defense going to be? For me, when I look at Utah, I mean, they always play play uh just tough physical football they find ways to win games uh the offensive line is a veteran group as well question marks though about cam rising and his health uh is he going to be ready to go for week one uh you know just in general how healthy can he stay throughout the the remainder of the year you also look that they lost a lot at running back they lost their star tight end dalton kincaid so i have some question marks about here at utah but obviously kyle whittingham is an incredible coach for washington they were just really dynamic with michael Penix jr uh he was a lot of fun and that combination there with kaylin DeBoer he's returning for some more fun but questions for them as well on defense can that make them true contenders I think for me the question marks about so many of the things that have been lost for Utah lead me to say USC I get it um real quick uh yeah I mentioned this earlier uh during the show that uh yeah, Kyle Whittingham did say today at the media he was asked specifically about Cam Rising's uh status Rising is actually there, too. I did not hear what he had to say because we were doing the show here. But, uh, you know, he uh, Whittingham said that uh, he would not uh, commit for Rising to be able to play the first game of the season uh, against Florida in the revenge game. 
Uh, but uh, he he didn't co- he committed for a few other guys uh, that are coming back from injury, but would not commit to the Rising. Will be able to play that first game of the season. Also, just uh, you know, a little more on the run. They have, they have plenty of running backs. They'll be fine there. And they also had three really good wide, uh, tight ends last year. And uh, those guys are all back, except well, the dude got, got drafted by the Bills, but the other two guys are back. And some thought during the season when all those guys were healthy that the, you know, the guys that are coming back were just as good, if not better, than the guy that got drafted by the Bills. Just for reference here, USC over 9.5 wins at minus 188, under 9.5 wins at plus 152. Utah over 8.5 wins at plus 104, under 8.5 wins is at minus 128. Washington over 9.5 wins at plus 118, and under 9.5 wins at minus 144. Should also point out that all of this has been regular season wins. As for the masses, they are now on the Washington side of things at 38% of the vote. Utah has surged the 32% of the vote and USC trailing now at 30% of the vote. That's how the masses have shaped up after USC was dominating to start the nine o'clock hour. Okay. Sounds good. I'm on, I'm looking for Oregon state, the best price. KDOS 1060.com's poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Bob had a conversation with Cole Thompson from Longhorns Country to talk all things Texas football. If you missed it, podcast KDOS 1060.com as well as the KDOS 1060 app. Here's the question. Is Texas really back this time? Uh, Yes and no are the options here. And for me... I have a really hard time being all in here. Uh, The Big 12 does appear that Texas has a huge opening, huge opportunity, but it comes down to executing. How many times did we see Texas football last year have some issues trying to close the deal on games? Uh, Plus, in addition to that, they do have a ton of talent. Now it's all just kind of piecing it together. I think you go offensively as good as Quinn Ewers is going to be if he has some, uh, you know, accuracy issues uh, that could obviously be problematic there they have some good uh, wide receivers and running backs etc trying to figure out how to replace Bijan Robinson but I need to see some games first before I go all in well I mean we might be all out by the time we get to like mid-October uh, the second game of the season's out in Alabama the fourth game is at Baylor who we talked about earlier this hour and we're not real sure what we're going to get out of them but that game's in Waco uh, and then the you know the sixth game of the season is the traditional game against OU in uh, Dallas, so we should have a pretty good idea where we stand there. We'll have a pretty good idea where Ewers stands at that point, and whether Murphy uh, will be the uh, you know the quarterback and uh, ahead of Arch Manning at that point. Uh, but uh, it's been a long time since I bought into Texas. Literally four coaches ago, uh, when Mac Brown was still the coach, and I bought in some then. But I don't think I've bought in you know, since then, whether it be Charlie Strong or you know, Tom Herman or Sark at this point. Uh, there is no chance that I think Texas is back until I actually see them playing at least in a conference championship game for the first time since 2009. Uh, And also, this is their last year in the Big 12 before they get ready to move on to the SEC. But the masses here are on the no side of things at 100% of the vote. That's been uh, consistent throughout. When it comes, though, to... 
Um, there's been lots of talks all week long with SEC Media Day and the questions for four coaches about Texas joining the SEC. I mean, I don't know what else coaches are going to say, but the uh, prevailing sentiment is that they're excited for Texas and Oklahoma to join, and it really bolsters the SEC and continues to prove that they're the top dominant conference. Now also, you know, Big 12 Media Week was a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, obviously this is the last year for OU and UT, uh, and uh, today's the Pac-12 Media Day, and uh, I haven't, you know, I don't, you know, you know, Kelly hasn't been up there yet, but uh, you know, the uh, you know Lincoln Riley was up there earlier, and I only saw a couple of the questions, and they were both related to them leaving for the Big Ten and so forth, so. Very similar situations that uh, you know, two of the heavyweights of the conference are leaving uh, for, I think, greener pastures in both cases as far as certainly economically. Uh, the competitive level of play will be much more difficult uh, for all four of those teams when they move, under the, uh, move on to their new conferences. But I think there's a, a lot of uh, correlation between the fact that uh, you know, two of the heavyweights of the uh, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are leaving for what appears to be what's going to be a, a two or three super conference realm of uh, football, not including the Pac-12, in my opinion. After this upcoming year, they're going to have to do a whole lot of scrambling to you know, try to be even more, anywhere near. Uh, I think the, the Pac-12 after this year, unfortunately, is going to be closer to what we've seen from the AAC the last few years, and they are a real major conference. Uh, I will say this. I mean, you know, obviously the media is going to ask the questions about them leaving the conference and looking ahead, but in no way to me are any of the coaches uh, as it comes to this season, the players as it comes to this season, looking ahead to next year. They're just looking ahead to week one, getting their team ready to go and trying to win games and put themselves in an opportunity to, uh, you know, if you have that type of talent, that type of team, to put yourself in the equation for the college football playoff. I agree with that, even though I will give Lincoln Riley, I don't know if credit is the right term or not, but he was certainly not hesitant to mention that they are looking forward to joining the Big Ten. Uh, we will wrap up this edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app on the other side of the break. A reminder here for you, the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports putting up at a $100 gift certificate now through the end of the month of July. So if you download the app and register, follow along with the listener rewards qualification process, you could be eligible to win that $100 gift certificate. So why not take us with you wherever you go with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We will step aside and be back to wrap up this Friday, July 21st edition of Extra Point next. the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me the Doug Gottlieb show 1 to 3 p.m.
segment of today's Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, Friday, July 21st. Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else up through the cracks. Also, our guest today, we wrapped up our college football preview week. So, uh, you know, kind of unofficially, or I guess officially, uh, Texas is Texas back this season. Uh, Cole Thompson joined us from Longhorns Country. Also, Pac-12 Media Day continuing. Uh, I will say that ESPN has certainly uh, covered this to some extent. Pac-12 obviously has all the coaches and the whole official ceremony thing. But right now, uh, I think all the top three or four quarterbacks have been on uh, ESPN today. Heather Dinich, who was in uh, was in Nashville the last few days for the uh, uh, the SEC media days, has flown to Las Vegas since yesterday, and she's at Pac-12 Media Day. And uh, right now, Hannah Storm is uh, interviewing Caleb Williams on ESPN. So, ESPN has certainly given uh, the Pac-12 some uh, recognition here this uh, this particular day with the one day of Pac-12 Media Day. Back to our thanks. Uh, special thanks for the sound, as always. Uh, today, courtesy of, and I just lost my place. Bad timing by Bob. That would be me, Bob. Uh, here we go. Fox, uh, FS1, ESPN, May, uh, Major League Baseball. That's now what we're using for the Diamondbacks highlights, uh, the official Major League Baseball-generated uh, uh, broadcast. Also, 98 Rock and then uh, the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network. Uh, special thanks, as always, to, uh, you know, obviously, Kayla and Corey and Aaron. And uh, Kayla is going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Coming up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from five to six uh so we talked about the diamondbacks there they are in cincinnati taking on the reds tommy henry versus ben lively it's a 4 10 p.m start and to your point here dbacks.com slash watch to find the appropriate channel that fits uh w- what you have what your cable satellite provider is to get the diamondbacks games uh but tommy henry though finding ways to uh pitch well and then get wins yeah, he does. He's thrown strikes. He doesn't strike guys out, and it's been somewhat uh, astounding a little bit. But, yeah, he does. You know, they put the ball in play against him, and you know, no Diamondbacks pitcher, uh, no matter who it is, is uh, taking more advantage of the good, uh, inf- uh, the good infield defense especially. Seems like there's three or four line drive outs that save runs every game when Tommy Henry's pitching. Uh, so uh, hopefully that will continue. And he's – He's gotten better, but uh, I just, you know, it kind of drives me crazy when, you know, this day and age is still, we have a lot of strikeouts in baseball. And if you don't have a swing and miss pitcher, uh, that concerns me some. Uh, you know, the Diamondbacks have gotten hardly any love from the odds makers or the betters all season long. And uh, tonight, though, you know, the Reds are reeling. You know, they had lost, uh, I believe it was six straight before they won the last two games against San Francisco. Yeah, Lively's okay as a pitcher. He would not be in the Reds' rotation if he didn't already have some injuries. And the Reds' rotation is certainly their weakness anyway. Uh, But the uh, Reds are a small, basically, favorite, uh, small favorite. Like, I've seen as high as 125 here. Pick them in other places. So if you're looking for a Diamondbacks number, shop around. 
Uh, the U.S. Women's World Cup, it gets started tonight for USA, looking for a three-peat against Vietnam, 6 p.m. on Fox. If you're also interested in more documentaries, you can watch Steph Curry's documentary, Underrated, on Apple TV+. Plus. That starts tonight. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I've heard a lot of people push back on the title Underrated. Like, how could you say yeah. that? He's, you know, all multi MVP, MVP of the the finals and finals winner. But if you think about it, he was so undersized for so long. Uh, you know, he wasn't even a top recruit coming out of high school. He went to Davidson and just kept, even despite the pedigree of, you know, his dad playing what was it, 14 or 16 years in the NBA, yeah. uh, he didn't have the physical, you know, tools uh, to, to really put himself on the map to be considered a, a top player heading into kind of every mm-hmm. single level until he worked his butt off and obviously he's the Steph Curry we know now. Even when he's at Davidson, Davidson played and beat ASU here in a game in December of whatever year it was his freshman or sophomore year, I believe it was his sophomore year. I knew who he was because of his dad. He wasn't even the best guard in his college team his first couple years at Davidson. They had a kid named Holmes uh, who was the point guard and I actually thought that he would be a good NBA player, Mr. Holmes. Uh, never really crossed my mind at that time that Curry was going to be uh, an NBA uh, starting player, let alone a star. The uh, Open Championship from Royal Liverpool, Brian Harmon, 10 under par. He's been done for hours sitting atop the leaderboard. Tommy Fleetwood, he's on hole 18 trying to get it into the clubhouse. Even today so far, 5 under par. It's been a slow, painful process watching so far with Brooks Kepka finishing with a double bogey on 18, essentially taking himself out of the tournament here. Scotty Scheffler's fighting for his life to make the pl- uh, make the cut. Right now, the cut is sitting at 3 over par. He's at four over playing the last hole as always we appreciate you listening to the extra point right here on kdos am 1060 everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend and we'll talk to you monday morning